0: I'm Catherine Spearing, and this is Uncertain. It's Spiritual Abuse Awareness Month, and this is our last episode of January 2024. My guest today is someone who has become very, very special to me. Her name is Connie Baker. She is a therapist. She has a book for survivors of religious abuse. And Connie was our very first guest speaker at our very first in-person event back in October. And it was phenomenal. She can speak to the survivor experience in such a meaningful way because she is one. And she's been doing this work long before I even heard of spiritual abuse. She has so much knowledge and I trust her to address this subject of thriving after spiritual abuse with nuance and care because nobody wants to be pressured into thriving when you're just trying to survive and that's not the point of this episode but this is a glimmer of hope for down the road that maybe someday we will be here here is my conversation with Connie Baker hello Connie how are you good so fun to see you Catherine I'm so excited to see you again for listeners Connie was our guest speaker keynote speaker at the retreat con, which was Tarzan's very first in-person event in the fall. She was phenomenal. I loved every moment of Connie's talks, but then also just getting to hang out with this person. So if you have a chance to buy her book and, oh shoot, I'm totally blanking on the name of your book. What is the name? It's right. Book? Traumatized
1: <laughs> by Religious Abuse.
0: Yes. Say that one more time.
1: Traumatized by
0: Religious Abuse beautiful, wonderful, amazing book. Very, very, very practical. A lot of folks have named your book as just very practical for survivors. And one of the things that we invited Connie to do at the retreat con was speak about thriving after spiritual abuse, which I think so many of us are surviving. Maybe we're healing. We don't really talk about like that moment when you get a chance to just kind of come out of that survival space and laugh and have fun and see the sun. And, and it seems impossible sometimes that we'll ever get to that place. Yes. Uh, yes but, but Connie, Connie is really great about making that realistic not, that's what, I th- that's what I think I loved about it. It's not fluffy <laughs> and right. silver linings is yes. realistic. And I learned so much from your talk. So I'm really excited to get to jump into that again, to just get us started and sort of lay a foundation for discussing what it's like to thrive after spiritual abuse, after we've been through this, could you paint a yes. picture for us of what the impact of spiritual abuse feels like like what does that look Uh,
1: like to someone oh (laughs) yes yes i can Um, yes i can can. and before we go there Catherine, i just want to say i am so thrilled that that was the first retreat (laughs) like in other words others are following it was so and i know you probably talked about this in follow-up podcasts after the retreat but it was powerful having Mm -hmm. all those humans. And I think there was also extra power in it post, well, post late pandemic, whatever we're calling this Mm -hmm. thing for people to, to humanly be in the same space and connect. I think, well, Terry, just remembering it, it just Mm -hmm. was so powerful. And so I'm just thrilled that you are hosting (laughs) because we talked about this when I was there we both have hosted big events before, yeah. you know, in our life. And I know what it takes to put something like that on. What mm-hmm. was there? 25, 30 people, somewhere yeah. in that range, mm-hmm. you know, and and to have that and the spaces that you provided. Anyway, I just want everybody to go to second annual. Yes. <laughs> yes. Everybody yes. to. Thank because- you so much. <laughs> yeah. No, I just, I'm just reflecting, thinking back just with you, even, You know, yes. Just uh, being here with you, remembering just the goodness and Mm -hmm. all the things that happened there. Yeah,
0: I, I, I felt all of those things too, and just was just so thrilled at. I mean, I just like picture that weekend, and it's like surrounded and like sunlight and warmth in my mind. Like Mm -hmm. that's the image around it. It was just such a warm, just. Oh, and then that whole idea of thriving after spiritual abuse—like we got mm-hmm. to taste it. This can be real. This isn't fake. This is this isn't false positivity. This exactly. is like genuine. You know, just joy, right. like an experience right. of joy, and the fact that, like, mm-hmm. oh, after all, all of us have been through. Right. Right. And in this room, and we're laughing together, like it was just like, Oh,
1: we laughed so much! Oh my gosh, and <laughs> and you brought a lot of that. You and your leadership team were, are just pretty damn funny, and <laughs> we had a lot of fun with that. And so, yeah, yeah I-, I just needed to say that when you're talking about oh, that, I appreciate that. Thank you. that connection because it really, it. it really was. I'm just like, No, y'all sign up for number two. Second number be there so be there for the second one absolutely exactly (laughs) exactly so anyway so we can yeah so the question you asked me what is it what is the impact of Mm -hmm. spiritual abuse oh my goodness I think I think a lot in fact we talked about this at the retreat I think a lot in life domains I think it helps break down sometimes like what is what is happening to me because it just feels like an avalanche it feels like you are rolling down the mountain in an avalanche and you can't see what's up down you know so i guess i think about you know different domains of life spiritually oh let's let's take let's take the explosion one right off the bat it cannot not have an impact spiritually and that doesn't mean that you're for sure going to walk away from the faith, although that absolutely could and sometimes should be what mm-hmm. a person does. That's it. It's not just permission. It's like, no, you find your path. Mm-hmm. But uh, There's a big range of what that means means, but there is no way there is not huge levels of damage. spiritually. Mm-hmm. It's like, existentially let's take God out of the mix even if here. Mm-hmm. it doesn't matter whether you say whoa I'm not about this God thing anymore you still have to rewrite meaning purpose l- life after death the, the the what is a human being I mean you just gotta yeah. rewrite all that it's just huge so there again spiritually it c- it can be devastating and often is often for me I think what am I in decade I've done I'm over three decades past my primary spiritual <gasps> abuse and there's still times I go, okay, still rewriting a little bit of this. Got It went deep. It yes, went deep. it goes deep. So then I'm thinking the impact on the body. Mm-hmm. Most people don't get out of it without sickness or, or injury or we're connected beings. So <laughs> physically it can just smack. Yeah in so many ways, they're going. I'm not gonna elaborate, but just to help people think through what is the impact, you know, mm-hmm. then you got the emotional, psychological, which most people go through first. Mm-hmm. And it's like, right? That's yeah. true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and probably
0: the one that makes most sense. Yes, but, but as you said, we're integrated, and, and
1: yes, and it's going to affect our bodies and our spirits and our whatever we want to call it. So, mm-hmm. so the trauma. I mean, you and I are therapists, and those listeners who've heard you know you you know your stuff, and trauma affects our neurological system, our you know our brain, our body, our thought process, our emotions, and so it's just it it just is so extensive Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. pervasive, I think is another good word. Then you get into the social realm. Yeah. What does it do to families? Oh, Mm -hmm. what (laughs) does it do do to friendships, to community, to parent-child relationships, Mm -hmm. to marriages, to partnerships? I mean, the social impact and community. Oh, how I was just telling a client this, I think two days ago. Nope. It was yesterday. <laughs> we were talking about, she's like, I just am trying to sort out how to get community. And I could tell by how she was talking about it. There was kind of this framework, like, I'm the only one. Mm-hmm. Uh, why, why, why is this so hard for me? Mm-hmm. I'm sure other people have it together. There was kind of this underlying implication. <laughs> and I said, You just need to know something. Do you know I have this conversation almost daily? Wow. With my clients. What how We're not do, the only one? <laughs> no, please. Rebuilding, especially if you've been raised in the church. Mm-hmm. Re- the, okay. We all know on this podcast what the toxic streams that run through organized religion. We're clear on that. But I'm telling you. For better and for worse, they do community like nobody else. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's just the reality of like how to find that type of organic community outside oh. of the church. That that I think that's probably the biggest grief for me. And then for oh. so many people.
1: For like, so
0: how me. do I get
1: that? That's the part I miss the right. most. Besides trauma recovery, I would say community especially if we're talking about thriving when Mm -hmm. people are finally starting to put their head up above a little bit and look around to see the devastation that's one of the first questions and it's one of the hardest so if Mm -hmm. those listeners if you guys are struggling to say how do I do community Mm -hmm. you are not alone it is like one of the core themes after trauma recovery I would say it's number two of saying how do I get the social support and the community resources that I used to have in a church Mm -hmm. because it is what organized religion does for the positive Mm -hmm. it 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 provides consistent meeting places a common worldview and a common purpose you're working toward and I feel like those three things are Mm -hmm. uh, just in reflection over three decades of trying to sort all this through those are the three things I've come down to a lot of organizations have one or two of those but the power Mm -hmm. is all three Mm -hmm. and uh, it, it, this consistent meeting time, again, the consistent meeting time, the common world, commonly held worldview, and doing something, making something together, uh, mm-hmm. you know, creating something together. Oh my gosh. Like it's a powerhouse. I, I think in a very positive way, we all know it can go very toxic yeah. and all that. But there's also, we, we continue. Our, I think our souls continue to look for that mm-hmm. when we say, I can't do that thing anymore or mm-hmm. in that way. Even if you stay in an in, in organized religion in a church, almost everybody I know says, Oh, my relationship with church is completely different. Like mm-hmm. it used to be everything. Okay, so we're getting all. Yeah. the community topic, the damage is so huge. And then it can damage things like your finances. Oh, can wipe out your finances to go through religious abuse, or to be religious abuse. Well, either one. And then you've got career. It can even shift career paths for people. And I'm so, raising my hand. Yes, <laughs> right, exactly. Get under my career, yeah. It, oh, it, uh, it totally. I would never have gone into this field without without my abuse. Not never, but highly unlikely, honestly. So, so all these different domains of life. it can. It can determine where you live. You could make up and have to have a move. So I just want to just to be able to bring all that in and say, you know, the impact is monumental.
0: Right. And when you said at the beginning, just like addressing that spiritual part, I think that for even folks who have experienced it will kind of do this like compartmentalizing thing of like, it's just I just need to figure out that part and like yeah. what I believe now. And, and then maybe, or even compartmentalizing it in like, okay, I am done with God and I'm done with church and I'm moving on, but then not recognize all the other places that that is impacting. And let's try to address that one compartment of spirituality. And so I'm very thankful to you for pointing out all of the ways that this can impact us and that we can't just compartmentalize and just say the right. same spiritual thing.
1: Yeah, we, we can't. And we can't compartmentalize any of them. Even, even when you talk about mental, you know, you and I are therapists, when we talk about the mental emotional realm, You can't compartmentalize that because we're hooked to physical bodies and we're hooked to worldviews and existential ideas and money. And it's like, no, you know, whatever it is, that part alone, if that, if our brains and neurological system take that hard a hit, it's going to have, it's going to have bleed over into other domains. And so, yes, but I totally agree. Often because that's how our brains are trained to think all spiritual to be very compartmentalized and say the mm-hmm. spiritual is the most important. And mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's fine to think that, but it's not the only, mm-hmm. it, you know, and, and to say, Oh, I'm just going to figure out, we can cuss on here, right? Figure um, out my shit in the spiritual, I'm thinking, I'm just going to say it gotcha. um, in the spiritual realm, get it together. There we'll just make everything. Okay. It's like, oh Mm -hmm. you've taken a lot harder hit than just a spiritual issue and that's huge i'm not minimizing it i'm just saying it's it does not stand alone which is what exactly what you're saying
0: yeah and then i also appreciate you highlighting the financial part too because i think that that's a, a place that is sort of a hidden impact of it And, you know, maybe your career and you like switch jobs or you get a new job or you switch careers or you move or you or you have
1: to make a physical move. right Yeah. Yeah. Or you
0: you didn't or your job wasn't impacted and you weren't like on staff at a church or something and you were still able to do your job. But then the physical impact that leads to potentially having to go on meds or or getting ill as you mentioned or having to go to therapy and pay for therapy like I mean I just think of like how much money I've spent on therapy in a decade I'm like I could have bought a house with that money (laughs) totally (laughs) so much money that has gone absolutely that I am very believe was very well spent I don't regret spending it but at the same time it's like that that is a massive one of the reasons why Yeah. And one of the reasons why Tears of Eden, we offer our support groups for free, because there are so many other things that people have to spend money on to recover. We don't want to give you another thing that you have to spend money on in order to recover. So yeah, I really appreciate you highlighting, highlighting all of those things for us. What are some of the initial steps that you have seen people take in that healing journey? You may already know this, but the Uncertain Podcast is the affiliate podcast of Tears of Eden, a nonprofit that serves as a community and resource for survivors of spiritual abuse. This podcast and the work of Tears of Eden are supported by donations from generous listeners like you. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider giving a donation by using the link in the show notes or visiting slash support You can also support the podcast by rating and leaving a review and sharing on social media. If you're not already following us, please follow us on Facebook at Tears of Eden and Instagram at Uncertain Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. And now back to the show. What are some of the initial steps that you have seen people take in that healing journey? Common common things that people will do once they have come out of this really horrendous experience. What are some yeah. of the steps?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Well, you know, I'm a therapist. And so (laughs) one of them is they're coming to therapy is one of them. And, you know, and let me say something. I truly don't believe that therapy is the only way to heal. I truly don't. I think there are people and there are resources and there are online resources. There are so many things that can help us heal Mm -hmm. and a lot of times people go oh connie you know that person oh my gosh they so need to go to therapy and (laughs) you know and and i'll be like any therapy (laughs) yes exactly well i i see why you're saying that yes cindy (laughs) but but really there's also therapy is one piece of a pie Mm -hmm. in healing so and sometimes it's a really essential pie and part of the piece of the pie and sometimes it's not that essential a piece. Sometimes people do a really good job of doing their own work using other resources. So what I see is people, you know, what they start doing, part of it is they start actually processing their own story in some way or another. They're like, okay, what, what just happened to me? Like, I know I was just in an explosion or an avalanche, whatever we want to call it, but like what happened how did it happen how did it happen to me what happened a lot of times it's not even clear what exactly took place all i know is i'm bleeding out an artery and mm-hmm. i don't know exactly what happened was was i in a car wreck or was it a tornado mm-hmm. or was it an avalanche or how did I get here? So I think Mm -hmm. processing the story is, is another thing that people really start doing when they just like survive the first initial blow saying either I'm distancing myself or I'm getting out or whatever Mm -hmm. form that takes. I think those are a couple really big things right off the top. They start and to heal and thrive they start having to make connections with other people who get it somehow. And they may not even fully be other survivors, although I think that's super helpful and healing. But at the beginning, it just may be somebody who has a good sense and and will validate that was a big deal. Yes, that, that was really painful. Yes, exactly. And that was traumatizing and wow, how did you survive that? The validation feels like such, and, and they, and I think most people in some way or another start getting educated about it. And that's the answering what happened. Mm -hmm. And I know my book, I always say, I wrote to me at 25 years old, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I wrote saying, what girl, what did you need to understand that you had no clue about that would have facilitated your healing instead of taking a decade to think I was going to survive the resources we have now. It's like, you can't speed up the process, but you can help it and aid it and Mm -hmm. keep from getting from infected, you know, re-traumatized. There's certain things you can do to help healing progress well. And I didn't have a lot of that. So that definition of what happened, Mm -hmm. how was I vulnerable? I'm a strong Yeah. I'm a strong person. How did how did this happen to me? I'm a leader. How, How did this happen? So, you know, all of those things, I think sorting out the story, getting validation from other people who go whose eyes get wide and they're like, what did you go through mm-hmm. and especially when you've got a whole community that's basically saying it's your fault you know the whole if you leave a community the whole community is like mm, your problem yeah your fault if it's an abusive yeah. system
0: and that's a lot of people saying that about
1: you oh you mm-hmm. sometimes your whole world mm-hmm. I mean everybody that matters has saying that's your fault and t- I remember telling the story to other people including my second date with my husband who is now my husband. There was some good trauma dumping that happened there anyway. (laughs) And honestly, it was also some important information both of us needed to know. And and so I remember telling him, and him being a a pastor, a former pastor, he looked right at me and said, that was abuse. Nice. Oh, there were probably some abusive elements, but I was to, you know, it was my issue. I made some bad choices. Oh, my gosh! Thank God for my husband, you know, who was like calling bullshit. Yeah, this was abuse yeah. And, yeah, and to tell other people outside of the system and watch their eyes get wide and say they did what to you? They did, and those people who don't know my story, I was sexually abused by a pastor and then blamed by the church and kicked out for it. Mm-hmm. That's the short story. And so, you know, to hear people to tell my story, not in those words, yeah, actually taking much more responsibility for what happened. Yeah. And then look at me and say they did what and I'm like why are you not saying why did you do that? Yeah. Like it, it, and it's just so important to have those other people. So, those are some of the immediate things that come to mind when I think of what people are doing. I'm sure there's a much better list, but those are some immediate things. Interested in listening
0: to more than 40 archived uncertain podcast episodes? All you have to do is sign up to become a monthly supporter of $5 or more. Becoming a Monthly Supporter will give you access to popular episodes such as Confessions of a Christian Parent and When Bad People Do Good Things. You'll also get access to this episode without any interruptions from yours truly. Become a Monthly Supporter today by going to tearsofedenorg slash support. When people are processing their story in the aftermath, what percentage of folks or what um, range of folks It's that process, their story, but not just the story of the abuse, because I'm thinking of another domain that this might resuscitate is, is your past and like, oh, what happened in your childhood that like brought you to this place and how, how are, I mean, I know that that happened for me of, of knowing that the trauma that I was experiencing in the church, because it was so similar to what I experienced in my family, that I was severely, not only traumatized in real time, but I was also being re-traumatized and having to balance that. So yeah, what percentage of people
1: were, where it impacts their entire life story, not just that part. I I don't say always, never, every, but I will say Uh, 99.9%. Yes. I'm not going to say every person, but I'm going to say most people. Yeah. Pretty much every person. Part of it is because we bring, this is part of brain science, is we bring our paradigm, our neural pathways for positive and for negative to every situation we encounter. And so if we're, if, if power and control dynamics are already familiar and if you're raised in conservative religion they are they can't not be and the more conservative and fundamentalist in my view the more power and control dynamics come into play in the institution and the world view those are deeply familiar and viewed as positive mm-hmm. and so you how would you not step foot yeah into a system that loves power and control and eventually misuses it. Mm-hmm. And so to me and you don't understand those dynamics. I mean you just don't you don't get that when you're raised like that this is you know the bible says god says the pastor says it's it is what's considered by everybody to be incredibly positive helpful you know the right thing. Mm-hmm. And so to bring that the, all those neural pathways that a worldview, and you put trauma, most of us, 99.9% of us have either trauma with a capital T or a lowercase t in childhood and adolescence. You don't survive this life without massive jolts as a child or adolescent. So then you create worldviews around those, you're bringing them into the next, if they're not processed well, and most of us take our lifetime to process these well, and that's not discouraging. That's just realistic, but we usually don't have it all processed at 20 years old. Mm. And (laughs) no, we don't have it all processed then. And so we're bringing even previous trauma and the familiar feel of how that got there. Ah, So yes, we're, it is, I have yet to sit with a person for very long and say, oh, this is the sole thing we're talking about. Mm -hmm. I I don't even remember ever doing that. It's like, no. okay, we're talking about this, but they start saying, oh my gosh, this was a replication of this situation in my childhood. Yes, it was. It's -hmm. what we do. And there's no, there's no shame in that. It's just what, it's how our brains work for better and for worse. This is, I mean, you know, us therapists deal with pathology, but our brain has also given us all kinds of survival tools, how we coped through all of that. So, Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And those things can sometimes even help too. like the process of just like recognizing that something is helping us recognize something is wrong or helping us, uh, helping us wake up um, Mm -hmm. and that, that those experiences are, can also be just really can be helpful and, and our resources that we can tap into as we are in that healing process. And I don't want to skip over the healing process as we jump into thriving. So I just want to create a disclaimer of like, when we talk about thriving, this is, this is like a way to just provide some future hope, not a way to put pressure. We're not saying you need to be here or you need to be here at a certain time. No, In fact, no. some people shouldn't be here yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
1: not, you don't want to thrive yet. <laughs> right. right. You know, it's that would, you know, and I use physical metaphors all the time, but that's like, you know, when I was going through cancer and treatment saying, you need to start training for a marathon girl. It's exactly. like, no, no, it's not. You just need no. to get through your day. That's what Exactly. She Survive today. Make sure you're getting something in your stomach. Make sure your nausea meds. Or, you know whatever mm-hmm. it means. It's not time to do a marathon. We're, but we're talking about a level of robust health in the future that's possible, mm-hmm. and that's where I just. Yeah, I, I I remember at the retreat I said, "How many of you?" No, I said, "How how are does us talking about thriving land or something to that effect?" Because I knew there were going to pe- be people there going, "Oh, shut up! I don't want to be I'm like, about that. <laughs> "And and good for you. That's right, because your system is telling you this, this is premature," mm-hmm. and and just take it as that. Say, "Yeah, I'll hear this." You know, have listen to these two yapping about thriving, but yeah. I also think it could be. It's a hopeful beacon too to say absolutely you're gonna be able to. And and some of you listening, I know, are are either on the verge or starting to say, I think I'm past survival mode. And it will be your time to hear some of this. And,
0: yeah, yeah, and and one of the the markers of trauma is feeling stuck yeah. and have this vision of like, it will not always be this way. Like there is a time in the future where you will laugh again and you will thrive that can help unstuck us yes and and that's the point of this this episode not to say you should thrive no why aren't
1: you thriving yet absolutely not no no no. i'm so glad we're talking about that (laughs) because yeah it's like no some of you and i think it'd be it's great for people even right now to take a breath and say how do I feel about this topic? what and most of the time, what mixed feelings it, it used to we're not one way or the other, but what mixed feelings do I have about this topic and to just uh, you know welcome all of those feelings about it and and honor them as we talk Absolutely. And, Absolutely.
0: yeah and if you and if you feel like this is where you you leave us and you need to pause the episode and come back in a few months or a few years. You're, you you can do you can do that. Yeah, please do that. Exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. Absolutely. With that, what yes. is thriving?
1: And how oh. do we get there? What is thriving? Well, you know, there's all kinds of ways to define it. But of course, I bit a bit of a nerd, you know, just kind of am thinking, what is the definition? And I went to, you know, some good old dictionary, standard dictionary def- definitions, and I like them. To grow or develop vigorously. Isn't that a great word? Oh, I love it. Um, to prosper or flourish. Oh, mm, I like oh. the word flourish. Yes. Isn't that beautiful? To do particularly well under specified conditions. That's another one I loved. Like, oh, I that's that. applicable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. To do particularly well under specified, you know, because then that gives us options to say, you know, kind of like a plant what specific plant food does that plant need does it need more light less light does it need more water less water and to to allow ourselves i think the individuality of healing and then thriving needs to be honored mm-hmm. it is not a prescription okay i mean how often catherine you know this happens my my clients are like how long is it going to take me to get better mm-hmm. <laughs> Give me give me a time frame. Okay, we've been doing this for a while. Let's 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 (laughs) first of all with the physical body, it's much easier to do that. And there are still, you know, doctors still fudge and say, well, you Mm -hmm. could be up and around in three days, or it could be up to like three months. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's even in the physical body, there are those, "Mm, this doesn't always everybody, everybody's body doesn't do it the same. And you put that in a brain, in a, in a neurological system, and the variables are huge. So I just want everybody to you know be able to say, this is my journey. I mean, the downside is we can't say, okay, process your story in month one, do this in month two. You know, it doesn't work like that. First of all, life happens, right? I mean, yeah. So, and so to come back and just honor, this is my path. And something you said earlier too, We often feel very stuck in trauma recovery, but most of the time, and I will say this is most, I would say, but I would say 19 out of 20 (laughs) times when my clients say I'm stuck, I'm like, oh, okay. That's kind of, that's important to look at. Are you stuck? So let's take a look. So are you exactly where you were a year ago? Oh, no. Not, oh gosh, no. Oh, then maybe this isn't stuck. Mm -hmm. They hate this because especially (laughs) the ones who've been with me a while. I feel stuck. Don't say it. I know. Yeah, don't say it because it's just taking longer than we want to. Mm -hmm. Yes. We would like to feel better tomorrow. Thank you very much. It's like, so, so. To honor the fact that this takes time. And often if we're not moving quick enough, we say, I'm stuck. Mm -hmm. And it feels like stuck, but let's look at actual progress. And sometimes I'll say, are you exactly the same place you were even three months ago? No, Connie, I'm not. You know, I mean, they're like, whatever. (laughs) But but I want to honor the stuck feeling because it is there. But let's not call it actual stuck because that's actually not where we're at. So how did we get here, Catherine?
0: We were talking about, oh, oh, I don't know, but I was really talking with you.
1: <laughs> good, good. So I just.
0: What felt is like thriving I- and how do we get there? What is, yeah, what does thriving look like? And then how do
1: we, how do we get there? That was the yeah. original question. Good. Okay. So what's thriving? I think that looks different too for different people. And it's going to look different than it did before. That's the other thing. I think we need to accept and kind of reconcile in ourself. Sometimes it is gonna look like, like the name of the retreat was Laugh Again. And it's like, eventually laughter needs to be another part of your life again. The ability to laugh hard and laugh freely, but even the laughter and what it's about, the texture may feel different um, than it did before. And that's not all bad. most people, when they are really starting to thrive, will say, of course, I hate what I had to go through, but I actually like me better now. Mm-hmm. What, what bigger success is there than that? To me, that's, and I know that's my story. It took me 10 years in a very dramatic moment, uh, in the epilogue of my book, a very dramatic moment for me to go, oh. I like who I am. And not that it was right that it happened. In fact, there was I think it was evil that it, what happened to me and it should never happen to anybody, but there was a part of me that said, that has made me who I am. And my gratitude for that was profound. And I find that's pretty consistent. And so it's maybe different and it likely is going to be different thriving than what it used to look like. But I also think thriving is going to have greater dimension mm-hmm. and wealth and uh, color than it did before. And that's, that's, to me, that's the beauty of suffering handled well. Like you actually get in suffering. I am not, again, don't hear me saying woohoo for suffering. No, a lot of it is needless and should never be there. And I don't wish it on anyone Mm -hmm. that said, I feel like beauty can come from that. And healing and not just, okay, I'm better. Like, okay, I got over it. But a sense of, oh, who am I Mm -hmm. now that I really love that I didn't have parts of me before that are here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a, a hurdle to get past this like reality of like, yes, this should have never happened. Yeah. Yes, and 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 this is a this is a churchy word. This is a Jesus word, but it's also just a word. I see that la- rather than like oh, justification for what happened or a reason for what happened, and rather like a redemption. Yes. Get to step into and that we get to claim and and we get to say this happened. Yes. But despite it, this is now who I am.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Resiliency of the survival spirit and the human spirit that is ours to access yes and that abuser or abusive system
1: does not get the final word no we didn't that's right and that where i love that's so funny i i was thinking i hope she's going to use the word redemption because (laughs) because you know the church has Hijacked the word and stolen in many ways, and made it its own domain, its own territory. It's not. There's something beautiful about they something don't own that, that word. word. Yes, on. they don't own it, and yeah. for us to say no, something could be redeemed. Something, some beauty could come out of something horrible, and I think that is that is apart from and across religious perspective. That's that's just one of those that's a that's an existential life thing and it's like let it let it let it be there. So you know, part of I we talked about this at the retreat Catherine but part of thriving, first of all, I think to we need to see our all or nothing assumptions around thriving. We we often I think especially when we're hurting and trying to heal and trying to survive, we see thriving as a light switch that's going to pop on one day. Mm-hmm. And, oh, now I'm thriving. Um, and even as I say that, most of us who live past probably 18 years old will say, eh, probably doesn't work quite that way. <laughs> but it's an underlying assumption that it's going to be all better, that all domains of life will be thriving at the same time, and that it is a steady, straight line toward thriving. This, 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 these steps, and you're on it. Mm-hmm. It is a crazy, twisted, three-dimensional graph. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, and it's, you know, if if we're saying straight line on a graph toward thriving, it, it's a mess. It's yeah. a snarled mess to get there. And there are going to be areas, I would venture to say, that even the people who are hurting the most listening to this right now have areas of their life that they are actually thriving. And they may not be willing to look to real carefully at that because it might feel invalidating, which it's not. Mm-hmm. But but to be able to say, actually, there are certain areas of my life that are kind of on track. I mean, my husband and I started dating fully recommended six months after I was, went through the abuse. It actually was exactly what it should have been for us. Yeah. Uh, Again, not necessarily recommended, but we, we, that part of my life was very beautiful while I was bleeding out arteries in so many other domains of my life. Does that make my time with, you know, my courtship and my even that has a lot of baggage to it. <laughs> Our dating years, whatever you know, dating time less valuable or less than? No, it was actually quite a shining light. Does it make my other suffering less? No, it was horrific. And so just to just to look at that and to say it's not an all or nothing proposition, and it does to hold that lightly. Mm-hmm. And accept the fact that it's, it's not going to be an all or nothing where all of a sudden one day life is just going to be all easier and all better. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think I really appreciated that visual picture that you provided us at the retreat where you gave us domains on a piece of paper and it was just like a bunch of different blocks of different domains, family, family social life, work yes. life, spiritual life, all these different domains, yes. and and you said something to the effect of, you can be thriving and have a few of these domains that aren't thriving. Like, you can right. be thriving in general, and then have a few domains that aren't going so well, and that was, like, a relief to me, because I think yeah. I pictured thriving as everything is going great all the time. Right, right. That's not
1: reality. Well- I have twelve. I think this kind of we're talking about. I, I give out twelve domains, and these are very flexible. These were my domains, and I said I remember saying that at retreat. And people can say that's not even a domain for me, or I got different domains, and that's great. But these twelve domains. Let me let me go through them quick because then I want to yeah. kind of talk about okay. this. Is that okay? Yeah.
0: And well, um, then maybe I can get if you have like a PDF or something, I can put it in the newsletter. If I if okay. if, I remember, if I remember, I probably won't, but.
1: No, I have it. I have it. I can get that to you. Yeah. So great. one domain is spiritual health. When they're again, I kind of referred to some of these earlier, physical health, emotional, mental health, of course, isn't that great that I'd forget that one emotional, mental health. That's the third. And then it in relationships is the domain of family, your significant other friendships. That's huge. And that can, can include community like we're talking fun and recreation, creativity, excuse me, creativity and adventure are, are all part of the fun and recreation. Mm-hmm. And then I have a set that I don't know if anybody else uses, but I love learning and skill building. Mm-hmm. I love I'm a learner, by heart. So I love like, what am I doing in that domain? My environment, my home, my office, my car, how's that, you know, how are things there in my environment? And then I've got finances how are my finances? That's a domain. Work and career. How am I making a living? How's that going? Well, that domain. And then I have a, my last domain is life contribution. And that, that it, it, of course, these areas overlap greatly. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they're not separate, but just for the sake of sorting. So my life contribution, what do I do just to contribute to this world? You know, and those those are ways you do it in the other domains as well. But I have it for me because, well, I an make a- the
0: world a better place.
1: Yes, and I'm an Enneagram three, so I, I forgive oh. me even now. So it just is. So when I look at all of these domains, I have never, that I recall in my whole life, on a scale from zero to ten, ten being best ever, five being neutral, mm-hmm. zero being in the toilet, I have never been above between a six and a ten in all these domains at one given yeah. time. Yeah, there's always a there's always it's an. But inter- you would
0: say you're still thriving. You would yes, thrive. yeah. Even it's, if that's
1: not not everything is a ten. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I I've got a domain right now that is chronically painful. There's some stuff family wise, mm-hmm. chronically like ow like if it if it gets to a 3.5 it's a good day in that domain so it's a painful domain i want to honor that like yeah that is real and it hurts and it doesn't hurt less because several other parts of my life are actually above the six Mm-hmm. And and thriving. And so just to give that example, and I think about a time in my life when I was going through cancer where multiple domains were like, you know, finances, physical health, career. Oh, I was trying to keep together private practice. All these domains were like in distress. Mm-hmm. And the friend domain was just freaky rich. It was mm-hmm. just like, oh, I would just add such gratitude around that. So a lot of domains in that time of life, it was below a five, but the, the upside was the friendships were just so beautiful and good. So I guess I want to take away the illusion that thriving means everything is in the positive. Yeah. Yeah.
0: As we wrap up, if someone is listening to this and they're like, okay. I think I'm crawling out of that survival and I'm, you know, my head's kind of coming up and I'm able to just maybe see a little bit of sunshine. What, what are some recommendations resources that you would recommend to that person to start moving towards coming out of that survival space?
1: One of the first things I can think of, and there again, (laughs) I don't want this to be triggering because it can have some baggage with it, but this is brain science. This is not religion. Mm -hmm. And that is gratitude. I think reinforcement of what is actually going well. First of all, to allow validation for all the stuff that's hurting, Mm -hmm. like we have this Western mindset that it's got to be one cancels out the other. It's both. And yeah. that that's life but to go with gratitude not no shoulds here what no sh- what should I be grateful for get that out of your head mm-hmm. but what are you actually grateful for and if you're moving toward that thriving I think that can really reinforce it I have a practice every morning of writing anywhere from six to ten things that I'm thankful for right then no shoulds that's the big rule mm-hmm. should I be grateful for that if I have to ask the question it's not going on the list uh- like no <laughs> so no, but what am I actually? And some days that means I am actually grateful for a warm house. It's supposed to have a cold snap here in the Northwest over the next couple of days. And I'm like, okay, I actually am grateful for this warm house. Great. So to, to keep facilitating that, that's one of the first things that comes to mind. And voicing, those neural pathways, a traumatized brain has deeply rutted painful and negative neural pathways They yeah. it, it just has such there's such ruts of just the anxiety of waiting for the next shoe to fall to to for the next bomb to go off and to start saying i'm going to reinforce we're not getting rid of the risk of hard things happening that's it's real but to say actually at the same time these positive things are very true they're just as true As the negative, this is a little quote fight I get in with my clients sometimes. Okay. It's not a fight, but to say, you know, you're saying all this negative is true. I agree. It Mm -hmm. is. And even the possibilities of negative are the truth. I can't say that wouldn't happen, but what about all the positive as well? It's an integrating of those rather than it's not Pollyanna. It's not rose colored glasses. It's, it's an integrating of actual reality yeah. and our brains say nope only the negative is true and i'm like oh, let's challenge that because that eventually becomes unhelpful for yeah. our, for our brains and so yeah. somehow reinforcing telling people about the positive the yeah. ones who are also validating the negative not ones exactly. who are pushing you, you we are going to celebrate with you and can hold the both hand with you Exactly. Without toxic positivity. We do not want that. But so to keep moving there, I think social, you know, we talked about the challenges of friendships and community, both of those. And I think those are a little different because you can have really good individual friendships without a full sense of robust community. Yeah. But those things help reinforce positive brain function. I mean, we just do better unisolated. (laughs) We do better connected with other humans. And so those are some, and there again, be gentle, take time. It's just not going to happen overnight. And that's, it's a sometimes grueling road back, but worth it. It's worth the time and effort to say, okay, well, that friendship didn't go exactly like I wanted. I'm going to keep trying to create and develop positive connections, And I think also we're talking about spiritual. You cannot push this, but I want to give hope. I'm 30 years down. And so I feel like I I have this perspective and I started what they called deconstructing 20 years ago. I didn't know what was happening to me, my spiritual life, my brain, nobody had a name for it back then. I was just freaking out going, I'm pulling back. I'm pulling back. Is this bad? Oh my gosh. Am I going to hell? Ah," You know, and I started questioning deeply all this stuff. So I've been on this process a long time and there are months and years that you're going to live in limbo in that. And, and it's, it is so damn uncomfortable. It is, it is so uncomfortable and it is so essential okay. that you do not yeah. rush through it. <laughs> yes. Cut the process short. Yeah. But let me say, s- sit with it in integrity you do finally come out on the other side, not not with certainty. I don't think certainty, but I think I can say with some solid ground to stand on. I think that's a better way to put it just personally, whatever that is for you, you start, if, if you don't circumvent the process, if you don't, cut, you know, truncate the process, then you can move on eventually to go, oh, I think I'm finding some solid ground. For me, that was Years of limbo. It was unpleasant. It isn't for everybody. My brain works slower. Mm-hmm. It had it had several decades to rewrite. So it took a long time, but it was so worth it to yeah. say no. You are there's hope for some solid ground existentially slash spiritually. Not again. I'm not. I'm not even interested in certainty anymore, yeah. but a certain definition of who I am and how I relate to life and the divine. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, i I feel like this this
0: conversation has been kind of like a feels like a little pep talk. I, <laughs> I hope feel, so. I not feel in like a bad way. Inspired and yeah, just encouraged. And I want this episode to end January Spiritual Abuse Awareness Month as just kind of like hope, but not hope of trying to put pressure on anyone to be oh. here, but just to say one day, one yes. day. You're yes. gonna be able to laugh again one day. Yes. This limbo five years, 10 years, yes. whatever. You're gonna look back and it's gonna be over. Like this part will be over. Or yes. this or this this season of this part will be over. Yes, exactly. Um, right. Yes. This has been so wonderful. I always always enjoy talking to you. As oh, Catherine, may, yes. end the end of the episode, let folks know how to get in touch with you or find sure. stuff that you are you are working on
1: yes so let me get my book out so i remember the exact title What's the title okay traumatized yeah. by spiritual abuse courage hope and freedom for survivors there you So go. that's it and then another subtitle is discover the cultures and systems of religious abuse and reclaim your personal power so Ooh. that's on the front of the book that gives a bit a, a bit of a idea a range of what is in the book you can get it on amazon so Connie Baker, my website has almost everything you need on there. Connie A Baker, C-O-N-N-I-E, A as in and my n- middle name, then Baker, B-A-K-E-R.com, Connie A com. It's got resources, videos, probably has this podcast podcast I was on before with you. So resources for people to listen to or look up. And uh, yeah, those, I think those are the main I'm I'm on Facebook. I'm on. Oh, I do have here. This is important. I do have a a group of probably. I think it's around right above a thousand people right now. An online private group. Yeah, I'm in Um, that. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. And and I post regularly. And just to to, right now, I'm giving a lot of questions for people to process their story. Mm -hmm. So that is overcome overcoming religious abuse community. And that's on Facebook. And I'm also on Instagram. And Connie A. Baker is usually the handles on those. I just trying so. to find it. Yes. All right. You thank you so
0: much. I will link as many things as possible in the show notes for folks. And thank you
1: so much for being here. And oh, so happy. Going. Always, ha- always a privilege. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you. Uncertain
0: is produced, recorded, edited, and hosted by me, Catherine Spearing. Intro music is from the band Green Ashes. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, and if you have, please take a moment to like, subscribe, and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next time.